the Get Real Indie Filmcast with Jeffrey Michael Bays and Forrest Day Jr. Do you, uh, do you listen to to podcasts? Sometimes. Filmmaking. Not a lot of them. Filmmaking podcasts. I listen to ours. It's brilliant. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, there is there is ours, and um, yeah. uh, this is this is our tenth episode, so we are just uh, trucking right along here, double digits, and um, are you? I think uh, you were cutting out there. I think I don't know. Was I? Yeah, maybe, maybe you just stopped talking. I don't know. <laughs> I might have. Oh, t- surprise! <laughs> I thought that's what you wanted from me <laughs> to stop talking. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I try to. I'm trying to, uh, you know, <laughs> not talk a lot. So, um, you know, uh, the question is, how do we stand out from other film podcasts? You know, other podcasts about filmmaking, and I, I think we do have a unique, um, a unique take on things. You know, some, some of these uh, are just completely unlistenable. Some of ours, I don't not, think. So. Well, some of the others. Uh, our, oh, our, yeah, some of the. Our competition, let's say. Um, well, well, you know what it is? Everybody can do it. Just like everybody, anyone with a camera can do a film. Anyone with a microphone can do a podcast. Much the same way we true. are. But but we put work into ours. Yes, and I guess we actually have radio experience of some kind. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so maybe that plays into it. I don't know. But it seems like, all, for instance, no film school. Uh, no Film School has a podcast that they started recently, or maybe it's been out a couple of years. I don't know. Um, I tried to listen to it, but uh, not very interesting. I don't know. Oh, boy. <laughs> not very interesting. You know, they're just talking about their own film, you know, and, and, and how great their own film is. I don't know. Maybe I listened to maybe, the wrong one. Maybe it is. Maybe their film is great, though. Anyway. I can't wait to see it now. <laughs> anyway. I'm going to watch it. Anyway, so it might, uh, it might be great. I don't know. I, don't know. I think it might be great. And then there's Indie but, Film Hustle. Now that's a good podcast. I, I like Indie Film Hustle. Um, Alex Ferrari. Um, you know, he's he's a nice guy. Sometimes his interviews go a little long. That, that's that's my critique. But you know, it, overall a really good. But I tell you what, my favorite is it's a uh, Indie Film Grit. Have you heard this one? No, it is. A, it is. Ama- it's totally amazing. The guy is such a good interviewer. That is top of the, you know, top notch quality. That's a great podcast. I, I, also, I wrote it down. I'm going to check it out. Indie Film Grit. Out. Yeah, I got it written down. And I also noticed that Film Riot um, has started up podcasts recently as well. I have not heard that one. Um, I'm sure it's great. I would like to be able to say it's great. Um, and I'm sure it is Ryan, uh, Ryan Connolly. He's, uh, one of the best, mm-hmm. I guess I really can't say anything bad about it if it was bad because he did, uh, he wrote the foreword to my book. So we have to be nice to him. Yeah. We well, should be nice <laughs> to everybody anyhow. But, um, you know what, how do we stand out? Well, you know, I think, you know, we, uh, we ask the, uh, we ask the hard questions. I think we have some really cool guests. That's that, what yeah, that's that what too, really yeah. uh that's where we stand out. We have some really really awesome people come on this show and they share share a ton of information that people you can't get anywhere else and and they're very giving people. So that's what I like about our podcast. Every time I talk to somebody, I feel like I I took a class. 
Yeah, right. there, it's free film school. <laughs> I just think I just think the people that we got, and we've got some you know great people coming up in future episodes as uh, our past episodes. Um, you walk away from it with a little bit more knowledge, walking with your head a little higher as you do your films. So yeah, that's and what, the topics that's what you can get out of ours. The topics that we explore are things that you want to know about as a filmmaker. Uh, they're things that we want to know about as filmmakers. And, you know, we tried to get away from the, um, you know, the Hollywood insider type of thing. Um, you know, because there's this whole, there's, you know, in the indie film world, there's the whole cult- culture of Hollywood and wanting to get into Hollywood, moving to L.A. Mm-hmm. How do you write a script to be accepted by Hollywood studios? How do you get in the door? How do you get all these things? We're not interested in that. We're interested right. in independent filmmaking. The uh, you know the the real nuts and bolts, you know low budget, um, guerrilla type stuff. And there, um, if I can bring up a contest that I've read about, it, it's it's an annual contest. Road Microphones does this one called My Road uh, Real. Yeah. And and I just watched one of the sh- one of the winners of uh, the comedy of the comedy genre. And it was really funny. And it was just a short independent, you know, a short film, you know, it looked like um, a crew of about six people because they had some behind the scenes stuff. Uh, that's the kind of stuff we we try to promote, all that independent, uh, you know, people going out there doing it. Yeah. By the way, we don't get paid for this. We, we don't get, uh, you know, uh, Film Courage um, charges people. To, uh, well, to I be just interviewed. happened to us. I saw this. I just saw this this morning. So I'm just sharing my thoughts. Right. So, so we're not, this you is, know, this is why this isn't a, you know, a, a road sponsorship. It's just, you know, the stuff we, you know, we find interesting. Just like the, you know, the Apu screenwriting contest, which we still do not know, by the way. Here, what? here's something. Yes. Remember, um, I asked them, um, how many, uh, submissions they had. All right. Um, now, <laughs> uh, they wouldn't tell me. Uh, no reply. All right. So that's fine. But I actually tweeted Adi Shankar because he was uh, yep. he he was on Twitter saying how many how many scripts that he was uh, struggling to get through. Um, and yep. so I asked him, you know, how many? How many did you get? And his answer was too many. <laughs> Yeah. So that's well, just, maybe that's he doesn't just, know. Yeah. So uh, too might, many. Might not know. But it sounds like uh, it sounds like they got some pretty good scripts, and uh, we'll try to have them back to uh, to talk about you know the script they finally selected, and you know we'll follow that uh, to see what happens on that. That's episode uh, three, isn't it? I've lost track now of all these episodes. Yeah, I don't know the numbers. <laughs> I don't know number. I, I I have trouble remembering my wife's cell phone number, so I'm certainly not going to remember what episode was what. But uh, I I, I want to know. Okay. Yeah. So if you have comments Writers. about our show, tweet us at BorgasFilm or email info at Borges.com. And speaking of which, we actually do have fan mail this time. <laughs> what? No yes, way. We, we have fan mail. Ben in Australia says, I listen to a fair few podcasts and you guys sound really good. A lot better than other podcasts. So you know, there you go. You read that. I heard it. I heard it in an Australian accent oh, when you read it. Really? I did. In my in my head. In you your were head. saying it in an Australian accent because you said he was from Australia, so <laughs> yeah. I guess it doesn't mean he has an Australian accent though, but 
Um, thank you, Ben. On the show today is Kathy Fong Yoneda. Now, this is an interesting person. Uh, we've known Kathy for quite a while. She's uh, she's a Michael Weese author. She has a book yep. called The Script Selling Game. She's going to talk about web series today. Okay. Because apparently, uh, uh, Kathy has found um, she she's involved with LA Web Fest. By the way, I think she's on the mm-hmm. uh, uh, committee or something. Um, but he, she has found that women are using web series as a way to advance their careers, mm-hmm. and film schools are starting to use huh. web series in place of uh, short films uh, as a teaching tool yep. for film students. Let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back with Kathy Fong Yoneda talking about web series today. That's one thing Alfred Hitchcock was really good at, creating suspense with a camera. For the last couple of years, I've been teaching Hitchcock suspense techniques at festivals like Buffalo, St. Louis, Palm Springs, Los Angeles. Filmmakers are learning easy tricks for building suspense that are so easy to implement. Now there's a way for you to get access in my new book, Suspense with a Camera. It's available in bookstores now. And don't miss our free docuseries on YouTube called Hitch 20. the roads (laughs) we're back on the uh get real indie film cast and uh, as usual forrest is still talking through the break so uh oh boy (laughs) we never know what he's gonna say i get in trouble when i don't talk (laughs) in trouble when i do talk oh boy so uh we have now kathy fong yoneda which is a fun name to say by the way just on its own yeah but uh she is a fun person and a force of nature if you've ever met her, uh, she's just uh, full of energy and full of knowledge. And uh, she is a script consultant with 30 years of experience in film and television, including executive positions at Disney, Touchstone, Island Pictures, and Walt Disney TV Animation. Um, in addition to all of that, she has presented 250 workshops around the world, um, including Australia, by the way. She has evaluated 20,000 script submissions, so when she says something, she knows what she's talking about. She's also the author of The Script Selling Game, a Hollywood insider's look at getting your script sold and produced. Kathy, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, it's my pleasure. Kathy, now we're going to talk a little bit about web series and how they can help film students and indie filmmakers actually get their foot into... Uh, Hollywood. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, it, it seems like a lot of people have, ever since the uh, web series have come about, a lot of people are now using it as uh, their ticket into breaking into Hollywood or breaking into television. Uh, so whether you have a dream job in the entertainment industry is like to be a, an actor or a writer or a cinematographer or director or whatever, uh, it's worth looking into producing and making a web series. 
Uh, it's, you know, as we know, the, the web really is sort of like the primary form of communication nowadays. And uh, you just look around it. There's broadcasting everything all over in every direction that, that, that we look. There's something. And, it, and of course, it's all going globally, too. So, um, you know, web series is just one way that I think has that's really kind of uh, increased storytelling. And uh, by doing that, I think people, no matter what area that they want to get into in terms of, of um, entertainment, whether it's film or television, uh, web series actually can be something that stands on its own. But I think more importantly, it's something that really can help you find your niche within the entertainment industry. Uh, I really have this this thing about web series uh, because my friend Michael Ajakwe is, uh, was the one who started the very first web festival, web series festival. And unfortunately, he passed away uh, last month. But one of the things that I've learned so much from him, and that is you can tell a, a, a really good story and a lot of entertainment in as little as two or three minutes or as much as, as we know, you like a, you know, four hours as some of the Russian films go. But when you come to something like a web series, it's a great way to just sort of dip your toes into making a movie or, or making a television series. You can just sort of start off small and uh, work from there. I don't know if you guys are familiar with a guy named Scott Rice, and if you mm -hmm. uh, if you haven't uh, looked at any of his work, he came from um, University of Texas in Austin, and he won a lot of awards for his short films. And so he was helping out at the Austin Film Festival, and they needed some interstitials. And so what he did was he and his pals were trying to figure out what they should do, you know, to do those little in between slots when. You know, they just have like, oh, five minutes, 10 minutes here, whatever, whatever they needed to fill in all the spots. And and his friends started talking about, God, yeah, oh, I read this script today and it was just horrible. Uh, these people, they, they keep making the same mistakes over and over. There, there, there should be a law about this. <laughs> and suddenly Scott said, that's it. We're going to do a mockumentary. <laughs> We're going to talk about those mistakes. And we have cops to go after these law-breaking writers. <laughs> and the next thing we knew, he did a, a, a little mockumentary series called Script Cops. And that's what they did. There would be cops that would go after people, uh, script writers who break their law. Like, uh, you know, different things like they have dialogue that goes on too long. Or they have characters that don't make sense or whatever it was. And uh, they were just little two-minute things. And... Those got to be so popular that uh, they started putting them up on the Internet. And uh, Sony, of all people, contacted them and said, hey, it, uh, we'd like you to make some more of those and we'll pay you for it. Wow. <laughs> nice. And that was actually my first introduction to a web series. So what's the advantage over a short film? Um, I, you know what I love about web series is there's more spontaneity to it, and it um, you can you can do it as as short as maybe a minute or two, but you could do it as long as maybe ten minutes, and it's being able to uh, 
experiment a little bit more. I think with short films, uh, everything has to be quite precise and you want it to fit into a certain niche. And um, I, I don't know, I just think it's, uh, there's there's more spontaneity in, in doing a web series. I think that's what I, I love about it. And it shows up a lot, especially in the ones that are comedies. Are film schools embracing uh, the web series? Are they teaching web series more or are they still teaching, you know, filmmaking? Um, actually, no, they are um, embracing it. Uh, Ross Brown, who was at Chapman University in Southern California, he was the one that first started uh, utilizing the uh, web series as an actual teaching tool. He was the head of their television teaching area. And as you know, it's kind of hard when you are a film student, you, you know, they'll, they'll, you know, have the students maybe come up with several different ideas for films. But you're lucky if you can even help out on one or two films. And sometimes it's not your own. And he decided to do it as uh, a web series, as, you know, more like mini television. Uh, Ross actually was uh, a screenwriter and he was one of the guys who headed up a lot of uh, comedies during the 80s and 90s. And so that's what he did is uh, he, you know, he used to do who, who's the boss and step by step and some mm -hmm. of those these goodies. And so it was really a great way for his students to get used to not only writing for TV series, but also that way everybody could could uh, jump around and do different things within the series. So somebody would uh, there would be maybe two people who would uh, uh, write one episode and another two writing another one and so on and so forth and it was great that way because then everybody got to participate and you got to circulate around you know maybe one one week you're working on uh, one series and you're doing the the you know the cinema the, the camera work and maybe on the other one you're doing sound and on another one you're the one who has to write it and then what they did was they had like a uh, a little uh, website where people could go and look at those series. So is this something that you would recommend for a screenwriter that uh, is that has a feature film script or even a TV series concept uh, to go out and, and make a web series version of it first and then use that to as they're pitching their script? Uh, well, I think, what is it? There's a term that they use... Uh, and it's uh, it, it's like a trailer, I guess. Proof of concept. Yeah, the, it's a proof of concept. Yeah. So a lot of people do do that. Uh, at the pitch fest, I've seen some people that will actually hold up their mini iPad or their phone, and they just have like a little thirty-second or one-minute thing on there that that gives people an idea of the flavor of of their project. So those actually. You know, you can do a proof of concept that way. Web series don't necessarily always lend themselves well to being a movie. Sometimes it can lend itself well to being a television series, but usually not completely for a movie. But, you know, they, you, you what you could do, though, is, I mean, it's the same thing, though, as if you wanted to do a trailer of your movie. <laughs> so mm -hmm. if you, uh, you you could do that. I know at a pitch fest, they, most of the people who are listening to the pitches from the studios and the production companies and the agencies, they prefer that 
if you're going to have something visual, that it not be more than 30 seconds because they want to hear from you about your vision for the story. They don't want to just have to look at a trailer. They want to talk to you about where's the story going, uh, what, you know, how'd you come up with the concept, uh, what is your, what's your background? They want to ask questions. And so that's why when it comes to movies, I would suggest don't, don't do it, uh, you know, as a, a proof of concept. And, you know, if you're going to do it with a proof of concept, only do it for like 30 seconds or 45 seconds, because you really want to make that connection with that agent or that producer. It seems that um, most of the the uh, producers that I've talked to, they really kind of shy away from that. They would rather hear from you because they have questions that they mm. want to ask. But you're saying it's different for television then? Yeah, I think yeah. I, I think you might be able to do it for television. Uh, but as we all know, television is a little bit harder to break into. Um, and so, you know, uh, they like it if you've worked in television for a little while before you do that because there's a a lot of it has to do when you're breaking in into a network they uh, are controlled of course by things like commercials and uh, showrunners and everything like that so in fact if they're going to do that the best thing for them to do is probably try to get into one of the uh, showrunner programs that they have things like uh, Riders on the Verge uh, the CBS um, uh, diversity writers program there's there's all the networks seem to have have them the major networks so uh, it's better to break in that way uh, although you know certainly it doesn't hurt any if you happen to have something that you want to give to them after you've worked there for a while and you could show them hey here's a little web series I started what do you think do you think it's it's something worth uh, developing into you know a full-blown television series after you've worked there for a while or get to know somebody who is who's uh, further up the ladder, then it's it's a good idea to you know show them something like a web series or a larger uh, proof of concept. What genres have uh, are, are good to do a web series as and to that transfer easily into uh, you know a television series? Well, I I think in general the uh, comedies are a lot easier mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, those are the I mean, in, in the beginning. Um, I believe, gosh, when, when web series first started, I have to say it was at least 90% of them were comedies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, just, just to give you some examples, I believe it was the second LA web fest. There was a web series called misadventures of awkward black girl. And, uh, it won awards at the LA web fest. And, uh, coincidentally, there was somebody over at ABC who worked for Shonda Rhimes. And uh, Shonda is the one who owns ABC's television series on Thursday nights. So she's got Grey's Anatomy and How to Get Away with Murder and all of those. And she saw Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl web series on TV, I mean, on, on the web, and she loved it. And so she tracked down Issa Rae uh, and uh, introduced her to some people, including people at ABC and people at HBO. And uh, just recently, uh, she was given the award for uh, 
Final Draft's new voice award. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, Insecure, which is what Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl became, they didn't like the title. They thought it was too long, so they made they called it Insecure. She was nominated in her first season for a Golden Globe. Wow. <laughs> As, because she starred in it. She created it and she starred in it. It's not bad for your first time no, out. No, not at all. <laughs> there's, uh, of course, there, there's some other people, too, who found that web series was a way to kind of revitalize their career. Uh, do you know Lisa, who Lisa Kudrow is? Yeah, yeah. Yep. from yeah, Friends, yeah. That. Yeah, she was on Friends. Well, after Friends uh, departed the uh, networks, uh, we didn't see her around for a while. And, uh, you know, we kept hearing, you know, Jennifer Aniston had movies and a couple of other uh, the, the folks from Friends did okay. But Lisa Kudrow Lisa didn't seem to, her career didn't seem to pick up. So she just created a little web series, and it was called uh, Web Therapy. And it was a play on words, but it was a funny premise. And it was about a board therapist, you know, somebody who was just, she's bored to death. She doesn't like to hear her clients talk. She really couldn't care really about their problems. So she would only book her clients for three minutes. (laughs) They had to tell them whatever was wrong in three minutes. And if they went over, she just cut them off uh, because she couldn't stand listening to them for very long. Well, the, her web series grew in popularity, and it was um, picked up by the people at Showtime. And it did help her to uh, to revive her career. And so she does a little bit of producing and, and acting and writing now. So you just never know when that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Make your own path. <laughs> yeah. ABC, too, uh, uh, they happened to look at a couple of uh, web series. And... There was an Asian American actor who was doing little bit parts here and there and some theater work. And he created and starred in a web series called Baby Mentalist. It was about a baby who could who was like psychic. <laughs> and later in a series that was called IKEA Heights. And uh, the guy who did those, who created him and started him, was Randall Park. And you guys probably know him better as the father on Fresh Off the Boat. Randall and that's in its, what, fifth season now, I think. <laughs> to all from a web series. That's, yep. That's amazing. How many episodes do a lot of the people make as far as a web series? What's a common number of episodes? Well, it could be as little as maybe five episodes. Uh, and it depends. I mean, some of these people do, they have their quote unquote seasons. <laughs> yep. yep. Where they'll, they'll just, okay. This year I'm going to make uh, eight episodes. I'll make ten episodes or whatever it is, and then the next year they do another ten episodes. Um, it, it's totally that's what's great. It's totally up to the people that are doing it. They aren't controlled by the network mm-hmm. where they say you have to make X amount and and you only get this much budget. Um, but they they have to do it all on their own, and and that's just it. Is it sometimes gets a little costly. But I have found that a lot of them also, uh, there's there's enough interest in web series that it seems that um, a lot of them come to, that have come to all of the different web festivals, several of them, I would say probably at least a third of them, maybe mm-hmm. more, maybe to close between a third and a half of them, yep. uh, have done some through crowdfunding, which shows you how popular 
people find web series. If they see something that crap, you know, gets their attention, they're going to say, oh, I think I'd like to see that. Yeah, I was just going to ask about funding. Uh, how do most people pay for these web series? Is it through crowdfunding or um, is a lot of it out of pocket or is, how does one go about doing that? Some of it's out of out of pocket. Uh, it's really amazing. At, at the LA Web Fest, one of the panels uh, that I used to moderate was called how I made my web series in, and then it would be maybe from that uh, another country, or it'd be from Missouri, or it would be from New York, or whatever it was. And it was always interesting for me to see how people came up with the funding for it. Uh, some of them, as I mentioned, w- w- was through crowdfunding. Some of them, uh, one guy said he did by he sort of told his relatives that he would love to make a web series for his graduation, you know, uh, as a graduation present. So a lot of them, what they did was they, you know, gave him some money, I guess, for it. Uh, but it's it's really interesting is some people got very, very, uh, I thought, ingenious about it. And mm-hmm. They would actually uh, go to their, some of them were in small towns, and they would go and ask people in the small town if they would help to do it. And they would say, well, you know, if you could, could you please donate your restaurant, um, like at the end of the day or something, you know, before they got busy, you wouldn't want to take away business from them. But we need have a scene in our web series, and we would really like to, to shoot it at your restaurant. And so the guy said, okay, you can come in, I'll, I'll, I'll give you two hours, and you, you know, you can, you, you can use the restaurant. Well, the smart thing that they did was they asked him, hey, could would you mind doing a like a little guest appearance in our web series? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you could could you just tell this guy to get out of the the, the, the joint because he's he's uh, talking too loud or whatever it is or you know, and it was it was funny. They made the guy who's the owner part of the web series for that particular episode. The guy was so uh, enamored of all of this and, and he just thought this was so interesting that yay i get to be in a in a, in a web series yeah he made food for them they ate there for the next two nights free <laughs> nice <laughs> and they got to shoot there free <laughs> perfect and another gal uh what she did it was a scene where uh her best friend was going to be getting married and they had to go try on wedding dresses so she went to this little boutique and asked them if they could uh, film there. And the woman said, sure. And she even said, if you'd like to, I, you know, depending on this, you know, depending on what size the uh, actress was, she says, uh, I, I have some samples here, sample wedding dresses. And if you want to, you're welcome to use them. Well, that, sort of settled the problem for them. Right. They didn't have to go out and buy anything or they didn't have to go and ask uh, recent brides, oh, can we borrow your wedding dress? Right, right. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's amazing how people get come up with ingenious ideas. Yeah, it's getting people's uh, skin in the game, basically. Mm-hmm. Getting getting them interested, getting them, making them a part of the process. And in fact, one of their one of the local networks found out people were doing this, and they became involved. Mm-hmm. 
And so they did a thing and they actually let them let the uh, the web series people use some of their equipment. They had some older model cameras, sound equipment and stuff that was in the back room and they let them borrow it. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, you just never know when people find out, oh, you're interested in doing that. And if it just strikes a familiar chord to them. Sometimes people are willing to do those things, and I have found it especially to be true um, in the smaller countries, you know, smaller um, cities and villages and stuff. People do that, and this happened too in Brazil. Somebody told me that it happened in Brazil. They, uh, the, it took place in a uh, little ghetto area, and the people there were just so amazed that somebody would want to shoot something in in their down on the rocks kind of little place that they actually were very happy to cook food for the for this for the cast and crew kathy uh, web series mostly are watched on uh, mobile devices smartphones possibly you know computers and such and the attention span of the the viewers are a lot less than a traditional kind of a medium how does that affect the writing well, it means you got to tell a story quickly <laughs> and still in an entertaining way. And I think that's why uh, the comedies were the first ones for people to grasp onto, because that's the kind of thing you can do. Say you're on a break and you got, you know, five, ten minutes and you, you know, oh, OK, I'll, I'll take a look. And what's on the what's on the Internet here? Uh, and I think that's why comedies uh, really broke ground on that first. But nowadays, there are some wonderful dramas and things that are a little bit longer in length. Instead of being three to five minutes long, we're now seeing things that are sometimes as much as eight to ten minutes long. And most of those seem to be more dramatic uh, types of of, um, projects. You know, when you submit things to web series festivals, uh, to the web fest, uh, they're now being pretty... um, Oh, particular about what goes on there uh, before they sometimes, you know, would live, leave a little leeway if the production values were not quite there, but not anymore. I mean, it's the web series have come so far that they really are looking for something that's got a lot of quality to it. And more importantly, you know, there are in Hollywood uh, and well, actually all over the world, but when you talk about people who are looking for entertainment value, they are all looking at making sure that everything has uh, the best quality possible now. Uh, you can't get away with a lot of the stuff that you did 10 years ago. What are the best festivals to submit to? You're a part of LA Web Fest, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, LA Web Fest uh, was the first web series festival in the world. And um, Michael just, he had his web series and he talked to some other people who also had web series and he goes, hey, let's get together and show them up, you know, show them on, a, on, on the big screen. It'll be fun. We'll just have, you know, and he just did it as a spur of the moment kind of thing. And uh, when he, the day of the web series event arrived, uh, about a thousand people showed up. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> It was, um, yeah, it got a little crowded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they had like a, maybe 15 web series to show. But um, it was, the, and it was the beginning. And uh, 
more and more people started talking about it. Uh, just just a, a, a little story. Um, when I when I was doing the second edition of my book, I, I heard that Michael was uh, that Michael had done a, a, a web series, and so I wanted to include you know some information in there. And we talked for three hours on the phone. And a great deal of the information that I had in my book was was directly from him. And he said, well, Kathy, I, I mean, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing it. You know, um, you've got to come the next time. And I said, OK, I'll, I'll, I'll try and make it the next time. The next time I went down there, which was the following year, uh, he automatically handed me a list of names and credits and said, OK, you're going to be moderating three panels. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know I was going to be doing this. It was so mind blowing for me, and just it really opened it, it opened my eyes so much to just the possibilities for people to create, uh, to be able to be noticed. It, it just it, it I, I finally saw what it was that he thought was so special about web series, and I and I realized that this is how a lot of people can get their start. And what's great is that web series, some people just prefer to do them. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, doing something that somebody else, like a, a studio or a, a network that would try to control it and tell them whether they can have a character in there or not. Or they can say particular words or not or, or use certain um, gestures or not. I mean, it's just it's just being able to have a little bit of that uh, entertainment freedom. And so uh, Jean-Michel, who is my friend from from France. Uh, asked me, he said, I want to come to visit your web series, the LA Web Fest. He said, um, and I want to meet Michael and some of the some of the other people. So could you put together like a little dinner party so we can all meet? And about six months later, the Marseille Web Fest was the second web festival and the first one in Europe. Uh, Next thing I knew, <laughs> I was at, I think it was the second or third LA Web Fest, and I saw uh, a guy who was taking everything in, and he was looking at it, and he was taking notes and everything. And I said to him, and, you know, I introduced myself, and uh, I said, it looks like you're interested in doing something like this. And he said, yeah, I, I'm from Melbourne, mm. uh, Australia. So <laughs> then we had one in Melbourne. Uh, then there was another guy who also came to the Web Fest the year after that one. He was from Korea, so we had our first uh, Web Festival that was that was in Asia, and that one was the Seoul Web Fest. Uh, we are now partners with about ten different Web Festivals around the world. There are now, to date, as far as I know, close to fifty Web Series festivals in the world. They're not all related to us, but a lot of them actually uh, drew from. Um, the LA Web Fest influence. A lot of them had attended and then wanted to go back and and uh, do that in their country. And I think it was just a month ago I found out Russia is going to have its first web festival. So I guess Putin got involved somehow. But <laughs> I don't know. Russia is now going to have their web festival. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, word is coming out that I believe China may be following suit. In the next year, too, they, they are very interested. They have been uh, in contact with some of the people in Europe uh, about um, the possibility of, of 
some help and some information about you know, doing web series and, and putting them into a festival. So it's it's become a global phenomenon. Can you plug your book, Kathy, before we uh, wrap it too? I'd love to hear you. Oh, sure. Um, my book is a script selling game and um, Michael Weesey puts it out. Also, um, in case your, your uh, listeners are interested, uh, Ross Brown is the one that I would mention who's, who used to uh, teach at Chapman. And he has one out called Bite Size Television. That's B-Y-T-E, Size Television, Creating Your Own TV Series for the Internet. And then Mark Pyle, our mutual friend, mm-hmm. has Television on the Wild Wild Web, How to Blaze Your Own Trail. I'm writing them down, but I have those books. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Kathy Fong Yoneda, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, that's our show for today. We thank Kathy for joining us. And uh, coming up very soon, in a couple of weeks, I think, is John Tregonis. And we're going to get into this whole crowdfunding thing. Um, He was on episode one, but he's going to come back and tell us more about uh, how to get ready, you know, before you actually start the crowdfunding campaign, what you need to do to get ready. Get Real Indie Filmmakers is created by Forrest Day Jr., also the host of Rolling Tape on YouTube. And Jeffrey Michael Bays, author of Suspense with a Camera and Between the Scenes, available at MWP.com. And they're good books. Yes. I have them. Thank I you. have both. Yeah. The Get Real Indie Filmcast is a production of Borges Networks 2018.